0: I started developing a pattern where I would have these urges to eat a very excessive amount of food in a short period of time, like I did that way. I would have the urge, I would feel so guilty and overwhelmed about having the urge to begin with, and then I would overeat anyway as a way to numb myself from all of the guilt and overwhelm I was feeling. So I would have this pattern where I had these urges I felt guilty about. Um, I did not know what else to do to make the urge go away other than overeat. And I would have these binge episodes, I would feel awful and guilty after them, but at the same time not know how to not know
1: how to stop. And a big thanks to this week's sponsor Creative Ways Podcast. Emma Isaacs has been a designer for 20 years. Her podcast is filled with inspiring conversations with successful photographers, musicians, fashion designers, artists and sculptors who have been so generous with their tactile advice to truly motivate and educate creatives to keep us all on this important path. Emma believes that if we aren't following our true inner creative calling then we are literally harming our minds and bodies. So give it a listen and download Creative Wave Podcast now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Olden West. We've got another great guest on today and this is a bit of a trigger warning. It's as deep as it gets, with regards to binge eating. It's a really, really heartfelt, deep session. So if you've got your head in unicorn land, this may not be the episode for you. It, it, yeah, we go deep. We go really, really deep on, on this episode. And I don't know if you can recognise this as a listener. Have you ever felt a total loss of control with your eating? Maybe you've recognised that there have been times when the loss of control has been so intense and heartfelt and so ingrained within you that there was no amount of books, health clubs or any weight loss groups that would, would actually be able to help. Just that kind of, I guess, total loss of control in that moment where I guess you felt helpless and you'd kind of succumb to food, to, to that need, to that want, to that that need to binge and purge, if you like, on food. Today's guest, Ashley Owen, discusses everything to do with binge eating. She discusses the help that she's had and the techniques that she's used, and she she feels now that she's able to accept that this is, I guess, part of her and, in accepting that, she's put together some tools and some learnings around that, and she talks really open and honestly about this, and I think this will really help people that maybe listening thinking, "You know what, this is more than just understanding calories in a piece of cake. <laughs> you know there's more to my need to eat the way that I do than learning about nutrition. So what this episode covers is just that real compulsion around food, that time where you just feel total loss around control. Now, it might be that as a listener, you might not be able to relate to this because this may not be you. As a listener, you might be thinking, okay, I've put a stone on over, over lockdown, granted. This is more aimed towards people that have had a I guess, a deep seated issue with food for, for many years. And it's hard to describe unless you've been in it and unless you've lived it. Um, but I do think this will really help people that can relate to everything that I've just said, where maybe you've, you've had really good momentum, you've had a, a really good month or a really good week. And then before you know it, you're sat eating food. You're sat eating food in, in private, you eating food fast, and you feel like a total loss and you're not eating because you're hungry this is not about hunger this is like a compulsion almost as if you're zoning out for food so here's today's episode please give Ashley some support on Instagram and YouTube she's been really really brave I feel about being so honest about binge eating and I think you'll really truly enjoy this episode is introducing Ashley to similar stories binge eating is is something that I've, I've not really gone into depth with with my guests so far on my podcast I just wanted to have a an honest and open chat with you about binge eating and how this has impacted your life
0: sure yeah thank thanks so much Claire and I think that it's uh I'm, I'm really appreciative of you wanting to kind of bring the voice of somebody who's experienced binge eating into this because for many reasons, you know, it can be something that can negatively impact, you know, any attempt for weight loss and is also tied to dieting and weight loss um, in many ways too. Um, in many ways the, the, the two behaviors kind of feed off of each other. And for me, I I did not start binge eating until after I had gone on my first diet. Um, The behavior started for me. Yeah, the behavior, so I, I, when I was about 19, I decided to go on a health kick. I was like, I'm gonna quit smoking cigarettes. I'm gonna get in shape. I'm going to lose weight. And I was barely overweight at the time. Like, you know how they give you that range at the doctor, like you should weigh between X and X. I was like, maybe a few pounds, like over, the recommended limits. So uh, I really wasn't significantly overweight at mm. all, but um, I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK. I imagine there are some overlaps, but here in the United States, the media is filled with many, you know, unrealistic representations of what women's bodies look like you know and especially going back to when i was in college you know that's going going back to the early 2000s um kind of like the body positivity movement that's mm. made attractions online i think particularly in the past five years or so there was really nothing like that back mm. then so i uh was never i mean i was never like skinny but i i was never overweight either but a lot of the messages i got from when I was a kid, from when I was like 9 or 10, you know, all the way up until young adulthood was, um, I'm too overweight, you know, my, mm. my life would be better if I was thinner. So I decided to go on this weight loss mission, which, you know, I, I did lose a lot of weight. I lost about 35 or 40 pounds over, oh gosh, maybe like a year and a half, two years, so I, I had, um, and I'm pretty short, I'm five 5'2", so that, that's a lot, you know, on, on someone my size. Uh, but what happened was I had restricted my food intake so much that I started getting these, what I thought were random cravings for excess amounts of food. I remember the first binge episode I had, I was, at my ex-boyfriend's apartment. It was like a couple weeks shy of my 21st birthday. And I remember all of a sudden at like 11 o'clock at night, feeling so hung- hungry, like hungry to the point where I mm. almost felt nauseous. And he was like, oh, do you want a snack? I was like, yes. And he, I remember him taking out like a, a box of Ritz crackers. And there was like one, one sleeve. Didn't know a sleeve has like, I don't know, 25, 30 crackers, mm. something like that. And I remember just grabbing, grabbing the sleeve and just tearing into them. Um, and he had peanut butter and jelly too. I was like, give me the jelly. And I'm just like, I'm going through all these rich crackers, dunking them in jelly. And I felt ravenous. Mm. I, I felt ravenous. And I felt like nothing is going to get in between me and the roots crackers and jelly. And it it felt, um, I felt incredibly guilty afterwards. Um, I remember going to the bathroom overnight and trying to make myself vomit, but I wasn't able to. Um, and what I experienced was that urge to do that, to overeat like that, kept coming back and coming back and coming back, particularly during times of stress or when I felt an emotion that was uncomfortable, but, but sometimes it wasn't attached to that either. Sometimes it was just like a visual trigger, you know, like, like I, I, I would see foods that I had not eaten for so long and, um, just, just having the urge to indulge in them. And it's like I did with that heap of of, of Ritz crackers and. Um, and basically, and I'm 36 now, so this is this is going back um, about 15 years, what happened is I started developing a pattern where I would have these urges to eat a very excessive amount of food in a short period of time, like I did that way. I would have the urge. I would feel so guilty and overwhelmed about having the urge to begin with. Um, And and then I would overeat anyway as a way to numb myself from Mm -hmm. all of the guilt and overwhelm I was feeling. So I would have this pattern where I had these urges I felt guilty about. Um, I did not know what else to do to make the urge go away other than overeat. And I would have these binge episodes, I would feel awful and guilty after them, but at the same time not know how to not know how to stop either. And you know, I, I, I think that if anybody else is going through this and you know, not sure whether or not, like, is this binge eating? Is is this not? There is a spectrum, right? And there there's not necessarily a black and white, white cutoff, right? There's the spectrum that begins with kind of compulsive overeating, which is maybe eating emotionally and eating more than you need to. Um, and then there is full out like severe binge eating, where there's a pervasive pattern that's sometimes daily um and your whole, uh, food intake, um, and, you know, and, and energy level gets, gets impacted by it. So it definitely, it definitely happens on a spectrum, but I think that one of the defining factors is how out of control it it Mm. feels, you know, how, how strong the urge is and how, once you start once you start, how difficult it is to stop the behavior mm. like that and that to me once it gets into that almost trance like state like that that was the main differentiation for me yes. um when it felt like i would be lured into this trance um that i didn't know how to stop from the beginning and once i started i would often eat until i was sick
1: have you had the same feelings where you've you've zoned out and and it literally is like zoning out because when you eat the food you don't really want the food for hunger and you know the food isn't great it may not maybe a a food that's unhealthy it might be a food that's that's healthy but you haven't so much of it Um, but it feels like you can feel your gut reacting and it's not going down well but this food still goes and then once you've eaten the food you feel so so uncomfortable and then the guilt and the shame that comes after that is it's it's crazy it really is crazy and yet the the cycle continues and it's really hard to explain to anyone that isn't in the situation but i do feel the feelings of being out of control and the worry that this isn't great for my health is that relatable to your situation that you found yourself in previously?
0: So much. So much. I mean, I would yeah, I would live that on a regular basis. Um, you know, when I was uh when I was actively binge eating on on a regular basis. Um I can I can relate to so much of that. Um and I can relate to feeling like very defeated because mm. I first sought treatment for this problem not very long after it happened, like maybe within six months after it began, I started seeking treatment. What I did was I, I started going to um, once a week, like outpatient psychotherapy and where I was living at the time, Um, You know, there were a couple of local Overeaters Anonymous groups that my therapist had recommended that I go to. And for years, I mean, I think for about four years at that point, I was going to therapy every week. Like I was trying to do the 12-step program and neither each of those like methods of support helped me in different ways that they definitely helped my well-being overall in the sense that i started getting more social support started talking about it more like it, it definitely helped with the shame and isolation Aspects of it and through therapy like I did gain a little bit more insight into okay This isn't like a lack of willpower thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like in fact, I have yes. a tremendous amount of willpower yeah. To change that, you know, like this is something, you know, this is like a disorder that changes your brain and, and it takes time So it, it helped me in all of those ways, but it didn't help me actually Stop the behavior It didn't actually help me stop stop the behavior mm-hmm. Uh and I, can, and I can get to what helped stop. I'm sure you know that's going to be part of it towards the end. But you know, in terms of like life being a binge eater, it, it got to the point where you know, after trying therapy and twelve step for four years and not really seeing too much progress from that on this behavior, I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have to accept that I have this problem and just do my best to like eat healthy when I'm not binging, you know, mm-hmm. to exercise as much as I can because I felt like I cannot give any more energy to trying to fix this thing, I'm depleted, I'm just gonna try to make my life better in other ways. And you know, that was, that was about a decade ago. And, and since then, I have had, you know, kind of waves where it's gotten better and worse, but it never entirely went away. You know, I had gone back to therapy for a little bit, I had participated in like a research study through Mount Sinai Hospital using like a CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy model, for treating eating disorders and and still struggled and still struggled. Mm-hmm. So and, and another struggle I had on top of just the constant shame around it is I tried so many things. I still couldn't stop and I was kind of dealing with okay, do I just accept that this is something that I'm going to have to deal with and move on from my life because every I would get frustrated because I was Kind of putting other parts of my life aside to focus on treatment and recovery and yeah. like not seeing emotions. So it was really discouraging. And I definitely, you know, tried to overcompensate in other areas of my life, like working super hard in my career mm. and um, throwing myself 110% into relationships. Like I'm going through a divorce right now, and this is the first time I've been single in 18 years. So yeah. I, Put up a lot of distractions because to look at the truth was um, was was too painful, you know, for, mm. for a long time.
1: So in the UK we don't really have the 12-step program for um, eating um, disorders mm. or like binge eating, although mm. they do exist probably more in and around the cities, but what we do have is Alcoholics Anonymous and for anybody mm-hmm. that isn't aware of, of that program, and um, That is a 12-step programme that, that helps with um, self-care and it really basically peels back the onion and, and looks at behaviours and attitudes towards you, the, the addiction. And that's what Ashley is referring to. So I just thought I'd mention that because I know some people might not be aware of that. Having found yourself in the situation where you know you, you've done this 12-step programme you thought this would be the answer. And although it's opened up this community, you've got support, you've not really been able to change your behaviors and feeling that, okay, you need to accept that this is you. And maybe you'll just work a bit harder with the exercise. And this is just something you're going to have to accept. Yeah. At what point did you then challenge the binge eating again?
0: Um, well, I had never really stopped turning to the binge eating the, the turning point came after my husband and I separated, I think. My binge eating problem, and he knew, you know, he, he knew the whole time, you know, and, and he had his own addictions. So I think that, uh, I think that there was definitely some codependency and uh, enabling going Mm. on. Um, You know, and while I think that binge eating disorder is a little bit more nuanced than other addictions the the pattern of having an urge that you can't refuse that you keep acting on that ultimately makes the behavior worse and worse like that i think is where the where the the overlap is yeah so we both had our own uh problematic behaviors that once in a while we would kind of call each other out on and say maybe we should change and we try and then things would fall back, you know, into the old routine in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So, um, so, so even though it, the, the, the binge eating problem did not directly impact my marriage falling apart. And, and we were very happily married for a long time. Things fell apart kind of quickly. You know, it, we each had a role in it. And after that, I... I think when you go through something, like a loss so shocking Mm -hmm. like that, it it changes your perspective on a lot of things. And I had made some mistakes in the marriage that I wanted to correct. And and once it became clear that I was not going to be able to correct them in the marriage because the marriage was ending, I really did a lot of introspection and soul searching and I really sought a goal of how can I love myself and love others better. And I came to the conclusion, I said, you know, if I'm really honest with myself, I'm not loving myself to the the maximum degree that I could if I'm still active in this behavior. So I come to that realization and then I'm like, well, great, what next? Because I already tried like literally everything under the sun when it comes to eating disorder treatment. 12 step, mutual support groups, research studies, outpatient therapy. So I tried this thing, I was like, let me just experiment. I'm gonna try this thing and see if it works. And I had a parallel process that I was doing at the same time that kind of morphed with this. But my original idea, I said, you know what? I am going to record videos for myself. I'm going to record them on my phone, save the video. And then if I feel like I'm going to binge, play back the video, you know, Mm -hmm. that, and the video said something, you know, they, they would say things like, all right, Ash, you want to binge, you're probably feeling X right now. Here's some other things you can do. It was something I really hadn't done before. Like I was seeking all of this help on the outside, thinking these programs could heal me and and what I really needed to do was like get a little bit intimate with with myself so I started doing those videos and around that time I also started like surfing the web and surfing YouTube I'm like you know I really want to like I've done the whole therapy thing like I don't really jive with 12 step like I didn't want to go back to anything else I had tried And I was like, maybe there's other women out there, like other women, like doing their own podcasts or YouTubers who have gone through this before, and maybe I can learn from them. And I remember stumbling across, there's a YouTube show called Life with with Lydia. It's this woman, Lydia, who has overcome binge eating disorder. And on her show, she was interviewing a woman named Katherine Hansen, who wrote a book called brain after binge. And these are two women you know, that, re- that, that have recovered from binge eating problems. Um, and Katherine Hansen was talking about um, her recovery experience and, and she was saying that, and this resonated with me so much and has helped me in my recovery more than almost anything. So she made the point that the reasons why we start binging are important, but insight about those reasons alone is not what's gonna make us recover. It's changing our brains. And basically Mm. what she means by that is that when we have the urge to binge eat, it's coming from our lower brain, which is responsible for the more primal decisions. Um, Some people call it like the reptilian brain or a lizard brain. It's coming from that part of the brain. And what starts the binge eating, all sorts of underlying things can start the binge eating. You know, usually dealing with some kind of a need to um, self-soothe, instant gratification, right? And, and there's tons of things in our early yeah. lives that could, could make us vulnerable to that. But, but what, what her point was, what starts, it, what starts the behavior, it's not what sustains the behavior. What sustains the behavior is our brains get so used to feeling something and then responding in a certain way. That's why the urges are so hard because through binging all of these years, we have rewired our brains to associate certain feelings or even certain visual triggers or places or experiences. We've trained our brains for our behavior to associate that with eating massive amounts of certain foods. So in order to recover, we need to teach our brains to behave differently. So basically what, what Catherine was, was pitching on Lydia's show was that every time we feel an urge to binge, to remind ourselves that that's like the reptilian brain or a lizard brain. Right. Um, yeah. And it helps because it almost gives that part of our brains like a personification that's separate from us. You know, like, okay, there goes the lizard brains again. We've just got to get through this urge. We've just got to get through this urge. Urges usually peak within a few minutes. They come on very quickly, but in 15 minutes they're usually gone. So it's, it's just kind of giving yourself, you know, you talked about mindfulness earlier. It's practicing mindfulness. It's like giving yourself awareness that, okay, this is the lizard part of your brain. This is not based on anything that the wise part of your brain the prefrontal cortex controls insight and judgment last part of our brains to develop you know this is not something that the wise part of your brain is telling you to do like this is this is the reptilian part this is it's an automatic instinct you know at mm-hmm. a certain point and it's challenging but you know it's also positive because we're never our brains have neuroplasticity which means they change as we change behaviors, So we're really, in a sense, artists of our own brain, right? We can behave certain ways and then the behavior produces new habits in the brain, you know, and changes, changes the way that like the neurons fire and the messages move around in the brain. So that's a very empowering perspective because the perspective I, I got, for example, in 12 step groups and, you know, through like the medical model of treatment is you have a disease and you're sick and you're always going to have to be very vigilant against mm-hmm. this, you know? And while, um, even though I probably will need to be vigilant and I feel like I still need to be vigilant right now, some relatively early in recovery, it's not a death sentence. Like even right now I have I've had ice cream in my freezer for almost a week that I haven't eaten. I mean, that would be unheard of, you know, when yeah, I was, absolutely. you know, active in my, my binge days. So there's, there's hope with neuroplasticity, right? There, there's hope that the brain can change. And once I heard that interview, I read Katherine Hansen's book right away. Um, I said, I think this could work for me. And with the videos that I was kind of recording with myself, they were helpful, but I said, you know what? I need a community around this. You know, like I don't want to do this alone. I need to enlist support. So I spoke with five or six people, a combination of family and friends who I was closest with, and I said, I think I'm ready to knit my binge eating for good. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm ready because of the transformation I'm going through in the wake of this loss to make a radical change but I need help can I text you videos each day you don't even have to watch them but just like yeah yeah, just so I can start getting them out and um having some accountability and connection around this that would be great and people have you know people were super supportive so the first video that I um, so I created I started a private YouTube channel and the first video that I recorded was on February 28th of this year, which ironically was like right before everything hit the fan with yes. um coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. I had no idea how bad I would get and that I'd be um making this like massive change in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, so but you know, I I persevered, you know, my original challenge was So I originally was going to try this for 66 days, right? My original challenge was 66 days, no binge eating because I had done some research and the research was saying that's around the average amount of time it takes before your brain starts getting used to a new behavior. I was like, so we're talking like two months, that's it. Like if I really, really was mindful about this and put everything towards it, my brain would start changing within two months. Mm. I want that. Yeah. So, um, I was not able to get 66 days straight. You know, there were, there were days where I still binge and I ended up extending the challenge to 90 days because 90 days is another, um, you know, I was like, okay, that's three months. It's another, uh, time, time period that's used as like a little bit of a benchmark, you know, yeah, in behavior yeah. change and recovery process, right? The 90 days. So 74 of 90 days were binge free for me, wow. um, which is great which is great I think That's that equals really out good. to maybe like once every six days you know I would have a binge and before that it was like three to four times a week.
1: So can I just ask because you mentioned that you've got these videos they're really raw they're really open and honest and you you know you, you want accountability and they said to your friends and family watch them don't watch them was that therapeutic in the way that there was no shame because she was just being open and honest you knew that the people that would potentially watch these add you back anyway did it feel that while maybe in the past that you'd done this in secret and then it was something that you did on your own or was something kind of insular to yourself did that break the chains of the shame just to get it out there once and for all
0: absolutely it broke the shame you know, and, and if I overeat, I'd say so, you know, I'd say, I, I, I'd say so. And I'd, I'd, I'd talk about it. I'd talk about, you know, what it was like, you know, uh, coping with the urge, what happened. And people were so supportive, you know, and would say like, you're, you're doing so well, you're so strong, keep going. Um, and prior to doing it this way, the message I would get Whether it was from a therapist or even from like sponsors in OA was that, I mean, it wasn't punitive or like overtly judgmental, but it, but it was kind of like, okay, well, this means there's more work to do. And at Mm. a certain point I got exhausted and I didn't want to do any more work, but the messaging I got from this was completely absent of shame, you know? Um the message I got was not okay, so we have more work to do. It was keep being yourself. Keep being yourself.
1: Mm, well. You know, you're
0: you're moving forward. And that um
1: That's powerful. That,
0: <laughs> that's powerful. You know, that right. was really transformative for me because um I started feeling like for the first time, I think there's not something wrong in me that needs to be be fixed. You know, I, I I can still strive for accountability and improvement, but yeah, the shame was taken out of it. Most of the people who I shared these videos with had not experienced, um, some of them did, but most of them, you know, didn't experience binge eating problems themselves. So they would say, I really appreciate the opportunity to learn about this because I this is something that I never would have understood if you, didn't spell it, if you didn't spell it out this way. So it also ended up, and this was an unintended consequence, but a really positive one that I opened the door for some other people in my life to develop more of an understanding and compassion towards this. And who knows if they may not have otherwise had that chance. and. I did not start these videos with the intention of going public, but I got feedback from almost everybody who I shared these videos with, have you considered going public with this? Because this is something that uh, I think women would like to hear. Um, And I gave it some thought. And at the end of my initial 90 day challenge that ended at the end of May, I decided to go public. You know, I I don't really want to like be an influencer, right? I don't want it to be like that huge, but I switched to a public channel. I started my Instagram and I shared with um, my social networks. Like I opened up, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is why, Uh, because I really want to get this message out there to other women who might be struggling with this and start offering to coach people who think that they would benefit from from my help and that's all like tremendous accountability like that helps me stay on top of things so much So like I've got to stay well and in the right Mm. direction if I'm opening myself to others like this but it also it helps not only with accountability but with a sense of purpose because if stopping binge eating like was only changing my life then so what you know like I'm a kind of person I have a very collective community kind of mentality rather than an individualistic mentality. You know, in all those years in therapy, even though I knew I wasn't the only one struggling with this, the process did feel kind of isolating. So I'm working on it one-on-one with therapist. Even 12-step felt isolating to me sometimes because eating disorders are so nuanced. And like, yes, there is an addictive aspect to it when you look at the urges, but the 12-step model really, there's a lot of differences, even between binge eating disorders and alcoholism. So, so treating it like it's purely an addiction really didn't work for me either. So even though a lot of the people I met and I, and I made some people that I'm still friends with now, you know, that I met in 12, 15 years ago, like, even though I I got some things out of it, I met some great people, you know, people I think had good intentions when they try to help me. That really wasn't the right fit for me either. You know, and I also had a part of me too, that was a little bit like a a little bit of a performer, you know, I have like a theater background and um, I've always been really comfortable with speaking. So kind of creating a platform for myself where I can express myself verbally, but also like do it in a way where I am sharing community with others. And like, if I could just make one other woman, I mean, could be a man too, but I think women, you know, I, I could relate to a lot more. Like, if I could make one other woman feel, oh my gosh, she gets me, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes. like she gets me. I went through that too. Like if I could make one other woman feel that way, you know, then it's, then it's a success. I'd love to make hundreds and thousands of other women feel that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but even if I could like reach, but like, even if I could, could reach one, um, it really helps with the sense of purpose and that's what motivates me yeah you know like like a collective sense of purpose
1: just to go back a little bit you started this in around february of this year during a, quite a crazy time Yeah. how do you feel this has had with regards to your relationship with food and eating healthy food and also how has it made you feel in terms of Getting on the scales and and being accountable. Do you feel that this has improved your confidence? Do you feel that getting rid of that shame is made you accept a larger shape that you have been in in the past? Or because of your relationship with the food, has this meant that the weight has, has come off gradually just because those binges aren't there anymore they're they're no longer in your life
0: yeah that's a that's a great question uh so i so leading up to when i did this in february i i definitely had made improvement in terms of weight and body image acceptance i still had some insecurities about my weight sometimes, but they didn't, they didn't really guide my behavior and I didn't ruminate on them. Like I'd have like, i have a thought about my body it would kind of like come in my mind, and go right back out. And by the time I decided that I wanted to do this in February and really kind of tune up the notch on my recovery, Weight was really a secondary concern. My first concern was freedom from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, c- I can still exercise. I can still get around. I don't have any, you know, major health problems related to the weight. So, I'm giving myself permission to let the weight take a backseat. Um, since I've been reducing my binge eating, I've lost about ten pounds. I'd say, you know, in um, in four months. So some weight is coming off because of it. But really I I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart that even if I didn't lose a pound from this, it's so worth it because of because of the freedom and the consequence. And I'm amazed, you know, I really didn't spend that much time on Instagram before I started my urge warriorist page. Like I, I'd go on sometimes you now on my personal account, but i mainly just just follow friends. I didn't really follow a lot of influencers or anything like that, but now I'm following influencers because um, I wanna see, you know, what other people, you know, posting about binge eating are doing and just the, uh, the like body acceptance and like all size body liberation movement and community on there is so supportive and that is just that is just awesome you know like like people i you know i feel like the people who i've met on instagram really like they talk the talk and walk the walk of all sizes are beautiful all sizes are beautiful and just be true to yourself and be good and be as healthy as you be and like let the rest go. And that is that is kind of where I'm at right now. So
1: how refreshing is that though to hear that it's about the, the body confidence and it's it's also nice yeah. to hear that the the weight is in the be all and end all and, and looking at you know you stunning lady and doesn't look like you've got any weight to lose from where I'm sat and I think sometimes we can kind of get carried away with the momentum about dieting and 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 losing weight, and we forget the the confidence piece, don't we? We forget that actually you're you know you're a human being, you you've got a good heart and a good soul, and where where is that? You know that that kind of gets swept away, doesn't it? We forget that we have feelings, and not to just keep punishing ourselves and our minds with often kind of toxic self-talk regarding ourselves and our bodies and just putting ourselves through the the mill really we don't need to keep keep doing that and it's it's been a lovely way just to get an insight from you actually just into how you was able just to get get that help and, and make that connection and I do feel that when you're in a place where you, you can clear your mind, that's a good place to start, isn't it? It's definitely a good place to start. And there might be a lot of people that have been in, in lockdown and it might be that they've had, I don't know, been surrounded by kids or they've been away from home and maybe they've not been have, having the time to clear the mind, but it might be that actually they've started to question the things that they do on autopilot. So this has been a, a lovely interview, actually. I'd really do appreciate you spending time with me. If anybody out there listening would like to follow you on Instagram, what's your Instagram handle?
0: Yes, it is uh, Urge warrioress. So, Urge, U um, R G E, and then Warriorous. So, the female <laughs> form of warrior uh w so it's w-a-r-r-i-o-r-e-s-s urge warriorous is my instagram handle and if anybody is interested in coaching or wants to connect with me through email it's urge at gmail.com
1: brilliant and i'll put the notes in the show notes as well so if anyone wants to connect you um we have got every i'm on youtube also yeah (laughs) so no it's been lovely chatting with you and no doubt you'll be on again because um i'm really interested to see where your journey goes with this and thank you yeah it's been a great insight so thank you so much for joining me today you take care ashley thank you
0: thank thank you claire have a wonderful
1: evening so i think it's safe to say that i really didn't hold back in this this interview with ashley i knew what Ashley was all about and I really felt that she'd make a great guest and that everything that she has to say is so so relatable. You know, Ashley's not a medical professional but Ashley is somebody that has lived with binge eating for many years. And the reason I wanted her on was because there'll be other listeners that can relate to her story and her journey with a with a not necessarily weight but with the compulsion to eat. And feeling out of control in that moment. So, if you'd like to continue to follow Ashley on Instagram, you can find Ashley on UrgeWarriorS on Instagram. So, that's spelled U R G E W A R R I O R E S. I'll also put a link in the show notes with some other links to a YouTube channel. And yeah, go over and send us some love and, and say hi. And it's just so refreshing, isn't it? It's just lovely and refreshing to hear somebody else that has had those same feelings, those same thoughts. And it's not something that we hear, is it, a lot of. It's really, really not. We might hear people talk about comfort eating. We might hear people say, you know, I've, I've been out and, yeah, I, I feel like I need to start back on the diet. But I think what Ashley has brought to similar Stories is a real openness and, and honesty around eating that's, I guess, mindless and almost when you're in that moment and you're feeling a bit like a zombie (laughs) because there's just no stopping is it it's like like you know the food's like the blood and you can't stop just like a zombie and it's like where's a full stop when does this end and and it's an odd thing to explain to anybody that hasn't lived it and hasn't been through it but there are techniques and there are things that can help you know binge eating is is basically to do with emotions that come up and we try and suppress it with food so generally with binge eating the bigger the issue that is happening that in that moment the the longer the period of time that binge eating can continue for and there are techniques with any like with any mental health problem with any issue that comes up with any compulsion with any addiction there are techniques there is help out there for people to deal with with this type of eating disorder So look online, you'll find loads of support groups and like I say, I'll put the link to Ashley and to the people that have helped inspire Ashley to help with with this and what I would say is it's great to look at traditional forms of help but don't, I guess, knock um, different alternative methods. I would always say, you know, use your common sense, use your judgment and just try different techniques and there, there might be something out there that you've never tried that might really, really help you just to get a hold on your your eating habits and your patterns of behaviour around food. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the episodes. It's coming up to, yeah, it's coming up to a year. We're a couple of days off the birthday of Slimming Stories. So thank you so much for tuning in again. Until next time, take care.